See if I can figure out this intro here. <laughs> pretty casual. Yeah, they're super uh, casual. That, that works for me. Well, because we ended up being like just stupid in the beginning of them. And <laughs> Ash is the kind of producer where she like, like she decided the vibe of our podcast is like her trying to embarrass us as much as possible. <laughs> and I feel like it works out because so half the time she'll just be recording and we won't even know it's it. Yeah, it's yeah. great. <laughs> Um, hi guys, this is Nicole Foy. I am actually reporting to you from Houston. I am at the Investigative Reporters and Editors Conference um, that's in Houston this week. And I have a special guest with me who's going to help uh, talk to us about a very, very important topic in Latino culture. And I'm just going to let him introduce himself. So, hey, listeners, uh, my name is Obed Manuel. I'm a reporter with the Dallas Morning News. Uh, so I'm a little salty about being in Houston because uh, <laughs> I'm all about Dallas. Uh, but yeah, I'm a, not native of Dallas, but almost native, originally from Mexico. And I report on immigration, Latino issues in the city, uh, a little bit of everything, frankly. So I'm, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Okay, so we're in Texas. And so obviously we went yesterday. Yeah. The first thing you have to do when you come to Texas is try Tex-Mex food. So I was hoping you could tell us, as we're going to just call you the Tex-Mex expert, because you're definitely the Tex-Mex expert of this podcast. <laughs> so um, can you tell us what, what is Tex-Mex food? How is it different or similar to Mexican food for people who have never heard of it? So in, I think in simple terms, Tex-Mex is a... You know, you can sort of break it down to a few components. It's yellow cheese, you know, probably maybe a bland. If you're at a good place, it won't be so bland, but maybe a bland red sort of enchilada sauce. Um, ground beef, probably. Uh, corn tortillas. A lot of people associate flour tortillas with Tex-Mex. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's a very simple, you know, rice and beans, obviously. Come on the side of whatever it is that you get. And then... Uh, you know, maybe tamales that come with like a chili con carne sauce, mm. which is really just chili. Mm. Um, but I mean, Tex-Mex in its definition, I guess you you could say it's the sort of marriage of uh, Spanish, indigenous, um, and Mexican influences, you know, on the plate. It's sort of that three-way blend that was born right here in Texas. And obviously we here love it. <laughs> um, we boast about it. We brag about it. And, you know, yeah, I mean, the first thing I thought whenever I was going to be here, I was like, anybody who's from out of state, like, let me find a good Tex-Mex place for them. Even though I'm not from here, I can usually sniff them out, so. So, sometimes, I don't know if it's right to call it a controversy, but you've written a lot about, um, you know, what Tex-Mex is, what it isn't, and also just kind of there is this notion out there for people who, again, don't know much about it, that Tex-Mex is basically the Americanized version of Mexican food. So, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on that? I mean, I think that's really offensive. No, I, I, I grew up thinking that Tex-Mex was like a bastardized version of Mexican food. Um, especially my parents. My parents are actually, my parents sell food. Like, that's what they do. That's that's why I sort of fell in love with food so much. Um our, we're from the north, we're from Monterrey, so our, our influences are obviously a bit rougher, you know, meat, you know, uh, smoked meat, uh, flour tortillas. Um, but no, I mean, uh, it, it's a, it, that, that sort of generalization of Tex-Mex is really offensive because you're not considering the history of 
what Texas is. And Texas used to be a part of Mexico. Like, Texas was Mexico. And there was Mexicans here who were here long before a, you know, sort of not physical, some, somewhat physical border existed between the two countries. Um, and they were here long before, and they were cooking food long before. Uh, so, no, I, I, that sort of generalization, it's pretty inaccurate, I would say. So then how did this this type of food come to be categorized as Tex-Mex? You know, it's it's funny because a lot of people point to a lot of different origins. You know, um, when I was sort of doing this one Tex-Mex story uh, last fall, I, I talked to a food guy. His name is Rob Walsh, and he sort of wrote this cookbook on Tex-Mex. And he gets into the history of it. And, you know, he did this really deep dive and found that basically... Tex-Mex sort of has its, its, you know, could have its origins in, uh, you know, the era of the missions when, you know, the Spanish, you know, came and tried to, um, for lack of a better, you know, convert uh, the indigenous and, you know, Mexican population here in the state. And, you know, they threw whatever they sort of had, the ingredients, you know, again, beef. You know, the chili con carne specifically, which is, you know, again, it's really just chili, um, he says that sort of traces itself back to that, just the need to just sort of make something that's hearty and filling. Um, and at the same time, you know, one of the staples of Tex-Mex, which is the yellow cheese, really has its um, its uh, its roots, the usage of it, right, in, in the sort of 50s and 60s when uh, a lot of Mexicans here in Texas, maybe if you want to call them Chicanos, whatever, you know, a lot of them probably just called themselves Mexican. Um, the government had a surplus of yellow cheese and you know you ask around it is somewhat anecdotal but like you hear it from so many people you know yeah the government would just sort of give us this yellow cheese and the grand the grandmas would just start putting it on top of stuff um and it just sort of it sort of became that it just sort of became a part of that so it, it has its origins i think in different places but altogether, i think it's just it's just texas sort of mexicans in texas adapting right to the need to a eat and then eventually, you know, set up restaurants that sell this good, this delicious food, you know. Yeah, and so you, you've talked a lot and you've written about so many elements of, of Tex-Mex food are just coming from, yeah, this idea of, of necessity. Mm-hmm. And especially when it came to Tex-Mex restaurants. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so, you know, the, the families that sort of started opening restaurants, you know, they really struggled, you know, they, they were selling this food, you know, this this Tex-Mex, you know, what we know is Tex-Mex. And then a British writer uh, whose name is sort of, it's, it's escaping my mind, but she wrote a book uh, about this, uh, the authentic cuisines of, of Mexico, right? And then she sort of slapped that label of authenticity on Mexico. Um, and that sort of became the craze, like, okay, no, this is, te- and then she specifically sort of calls out Tex-Mex as being, again, this sort of cheap, Americanized version of Mexican food. But that's that's sort of an inaccurate take also because each region in Mexico has its own sort of places. There are places that are seafood heavy. Again, the, the north where I'm from, it's heavy on beef, you know, uh, goat. Like, you know, they eat, this is the kind of stuff they eat. There are places like Michoacan where the land is so fertile that they experiment with all these different seasonings, plants, all this good stuff. So it's not one uniform sort of Mexican food. And again, if we go back to this idea that Texas is 
and was a part of Mexico, then really Tex-Mex and the creation of it all the way back then was, it's really just another, it's, it's another regional Mexican, you know, type of food. And really it's an American regional type of food. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm always fascinated by the relationship between Texas and the United, uh, between Texas and Mexico and then the United States and Mexico. And again, really just Texas, obviously California is California, but Texas, I mean, it's Texas and like, you know, it's, as obviously the Texan in me coming yeah. out, I'm very <laughs> proud. Yeah. I'm very proud. You know, I'm about to like put my hat on, yeah. even though I never wear a hat. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, it sort of speaks to that idea that people needed to sort of make a living. You know, I think we talked about this the other day. You know, um, Texan like really old Tex-Mex uh, menus would have a really classic homestyle American dinners, uh, country fried steak uh, with like mashed potatoes and you know, steak and potatoes. And I remember um, one of the families that I wrote about um, who has a Tex-Mex restaurant in Dallas, it's called uh, Herreras. Um, their chili con carne was so good that uh, older white customers would come in and, and rather than ask for like a plate of enchiladas that was topped with chili con carne and, and yellow cheese, they would be like, oh, I want a, I want a bowl of chili con carne. So they would oblige, they would just, scoop them up a bowl of chili con carne and like give them some like crackers on the side and but they but that was again that was a product of their the 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 chef sort of mexican spices and 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 beef and 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 but again they did it at a need like that's sort of one of the things that uh, changed my mind frankly as i was sort of writing a story is because again i grew up thinking all oh, tex-mex is sort of cheap i would eat it and I would think it's kind of cheap, it's not really authentic. But, you know, that that did harm. You know, a lot of the families, when they opened their Tex-Mex restaurants, and then this sort of idea that Tex-Mex was bad came out, they suffered financially. A lot of them suffered. Um, so they adapted. Again, they, they added these old-school American dinners, but they would put on the sign, they would sneak them uh, a tamale or uh, a, a taco or an enchilada. And then slowly, it, 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 someone would take a take a you know munch of that and 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 they would fall in love with it because it's delicious like it's a it's an amazing it's really comforting food and they did that enough just to survive and i mean at the end of the day these are people who called themselves mexicans and in the u.s there's the story of mexicans living in the u.s i mean it's a story of survival it's a story of love and that's what tex-mex is that's what it boils down to it was born out of need to adapt to a different country uh the need to adapt to rejection and the need to keep your family fed and to keep them sheltered. And that's love. Tex-Mex is, is a food born of love. And I mean, that's like the best kind of taste you could possibly ask for in food. So, so yeah, that's my spiel on, on Tex-Mex and, and why I will always love it and rep it hard. And I, again, in my eyes, it is Mexican food because the Mexicans who were here called themselves Mexican. They might not have spoken Spanish anymore or something, but they were Mexican and there's nothing wrong with them calling themselves that. So, if someone's going to go try Tex-Mex mm. for the first time, what's the iconic dish that you recommend? So, because of Tex-Mex's, I would say, simplicity, um, usually they'll have like a little almost sampler plate for you you know they'll bring you it'll be beans and rice and they'll bring you a crispy taco a tamale that's topped with chili con carne and yellow cheese and an enchilada right 
that's usually the best starter because that way you know um, if you go back, you know, if you didn't like one of the three, maybe you can just get three crispy tacos with beans and rice or tamales with beans and rice. Um, but I think that's definitely a good starter because again, it gives you a sampling of, and they're ready to go. Like that's one of the things about Tex-Mex is they, a lot of restaurants pride themselves on efficiency and they have that stuff ready to go for you. So don't be afraid to, to try the sampler plate. Um, I would say maybe um, the, the stuff that's a little bit definitely more regional. Like if you see mole on the menu at a Tex-Mex place, I might skip that because, you know, mole is really strong in the Puebla region of Mexico and it's a different region of Mexico. So I don't know that, you know, I don't know that the, the, the Mexicans who grew up here making Tex-Mex might have the best, you know, sense on what that is. But, you know, it, it might be good. Take a chance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, queso, obviously, queso. Um, they already bring you chips and salsa, mm -hmm. so get some queso. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there are places that actually sell uh, brisket-topped uh, brisket queso. And that's, like, obviously it's horrible for you, but... <laughs> But again, not a cheese and brisket on a chip with some salt on top. I mean, that'll do it. Okay. And so we're in Houston, yeah. but you just said that you, you love Dallas the I most forever. So yeah. what are the best Tex-Mex places that people should go if they're ever in Dallas? Um, they're ever in Dallas. I think definitely Herrera's is a, is a really good one. Um, we have one that was more than 100 years old, and, and it's called El, El Phoenix. Um, it is now owned by a restaurant group, so it's, it's not the same. It's, it's still pretty good, but it has lost, I think, some of its luster. Um, but honestly, you can, sort of, you can sort of go to places that call themselves Mexican you know, restaurants, and you'll find that most of them might be Tex-Mex places. Most of them will bring you enchiladas with yellow cheese and stuff. Unless they sort of specifically have the label of, you know, uh, Jalisco style something, you know, uh, Veracruz. Um, so I think I think playing around, I think if you see a place that looks old and sort of janky, you know, it's it's probably a Tex-Mex joint. Uh, there is one place in my uh, in my home neighborhood that's called El Jordan, and it's really old. Like it's in this neighborhood that. Again, I grew up in love. Um, I grew up in, and I love it. Uh, where they, it's really old, and all the buildings that all the little shops around it used to be empty until you know, sort of, they started gentrifying the neighborhood. Uh, but that place has stood. And the thing about it is, I've ordered like tacos that you know people re refer to as quote unquote breakfast tacos, um, and they're not like amazing, but they're good. But you can tell that the person who made it. Is sort of put a lot of effort into it and, it and it sort of comes through so i think that's a good place for breakfast Tex-Mex in dallas but definitely I, I my favorite place is herrera's for sure and and maybe i'm a little bit biased there because i've already met like a lot of the family there and they're but they're so nice but their story is just amazing and maybe it's because i know the story their story and have written about them but their the effort of keeping a business alive like that it shines through and it just makes it sort of taste that much better. So I recommend Arenas for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining this mini podcast <laughs> with us today. Um, how can people read your work, find you? you on, you're on Twitter. Can you tell people how to find you? Yeah, you can uh, please follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Obed, O-B-E-D, Manuel, M-A-N-U-E-L. Uh, Obed, you can just Google my name 
and Google Dallas, and I'll probably pop up on like a bunch of different websites because I've written for so many outlets in town. <laughs> so yeah, that's a uh, you know pleasure to be here. I'm very glad I met you, Nicole, because I I've listened to you and I'm, I hear your voice, and then um, it's cool to you know meet people, especially other Latino journalists who are doing good work and in other places of the country. And again, I'm like fascinated by the coverage of Latino issues and in Idaho, so I, I wish you the best up there. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This has been a special segment of the Latino Card. Please follow and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at, at the Latino Card, and you can also send us an email for future um, podcast ideas at um, the Latino Card Idaho at gmail.com. Thanks so much, guys. Bye.